All right, well, let's pray and we'll get into the word of God. Father God, we come before you, Father God, and we thank you for the opportunity and privilege we have to hear from you. Father God, we just ask you for eyes that are open, that can see, ears that are open and can hear, hearts that are open and receptive. Lord, we ask you for truth to be imparted, grace to be deposited into our lives. And we purpose, Father God, as we hear your word, not to just be a hearer of the word, but to be doers of your word. Father God, we ask you, Holy Spirit, reveal to us things that we have not seen before in your word and things that we have seen before. We're asking that you make it even more clear to us than it ever has been. Give us revelation knowledge. I ask for your anointing to be upon me. Help me to get out exactly what you want said and what you want done. I ask for a free flow of the spirit and of your anointing. And we thank you for these things. And we believe we receive it. And everybody said, amen. amen. <clears throat> uh, go to Hebrews chapter six, please. Hebrews chapter six. Thank you, Father. Hebrews chapter six. We are starting a new series. And I'm actually very excited about it because I see the Lord is preparing us um, for more, for more responsibility, more impact. I see that the Lord is preparing us for greater things, but there's some areas that we need to grow in first before he can get us to that greater responsibility and, and give us some greater impact and, and influence. Um, you know, walking with the Lord is not just reading the Bible, saying confessions, praying, fasting, and worshiping the Lord. Those are all good things. You have to do that. But that's not all there is to just this walk of faith, this walk with the Lord. You know, I know our last series, we emphasize having more faith in God than we do in ourselves. Well, that's one side of it. And we definitely need to have more faith in God than we do in ourselves and in our abilities, but that is one side of faith. There's other sides to it, okay? And so, and I believe that what we're gonna get into today, this is what the Lord wants to emphasize right now for us. And this message that we're gonna preach applies to all of us, okay? But Hebrews chapter six, Hebrews chapter six, verse 11 says, and I'm reading from the New King James right now, it says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Now, does anybody have some things that you are expecting from God? Any things that you're hoping for? Any things that you're hoping to be fulfilled in your life? Do you have anything that you're believing? Yes, we all we have some things that we're hoping for. Now, when we say the word hope, the Bible word hope is not just like a wish, like I'm, you know, wishing this happens. No, hope is a confident expectation as a result of our faith. Because we're in faith, we are confidently expecting something to happen. Okay? We are expecting what God said to happen to come to pass. We're expecting it to happen. So are you expecting some of the promises of God? Are you expecting some things to be realized, to be experienced, to be fulfilled in your life? 
You know, we all do. The, the Bible says in Proverbs that, that there is a, a hope for us. And in Proverbs 13, 12, I'm going to read it. You don't have to turn there. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. What's a tree of life? A tree of life. What is a, what is a tree that has some life in it do? It has some fruit, right? It has some fruit that helps people, that strengthens people, that gives shade. I mean, it, it, it's a benefit, right? Not just to maybe the, the people that own the tree, but to others as well. You know, on a farm, I'm thinking about a tree uh, on a farm or something, but it's a tree of life. So when your desires, when the hope comes to pass, when the hope is fulfilled, it's a tree of life. It helps other people. You, when your hopes are fulfilled, when things that you're hoping for and things that you're expecting come to pass, it's a blessing to other people, right? It's a, it's a testimony to other people. It helps other people in their faith. It helps other people in their vision. It helps other people that are directly connected with you, right? And the Amplified of that verse in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire is fulfilled is a tree of life. When the desire is fulfilled, or you could say when the hope is fulfilled, it's a tree of life. And that's the name of our new series that we're starting is Hope Fulfilled. Hope fulfilled. I believe that's the, the name of the, the series. Um, so unless the Lord's, I mean, we're, we're going to be talking about this, but, <laughs> you know, unless I get a better title that comes along. But right now it's hope fulfilled. But what we need to answer is, do we have a part in making sure that what we're expecting, what we're hoping for is fulfilled? that it's realized, that it's experienced, that it's enjoyed, that it becomes this tree of life. Do we have any part in any thing? Is there anything that we need to do to make sure that this hope comes to pass? Well, let's go, let's let, not just, you know, our words and our thoughts and opinions, but let's go ahead and read it again. Hebrews 6, 11. This time I'll read it from the NIV. Now let's look at it closely. Okay. Hebrews 6, 11. It says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. Now, just reading that one verse without even knowing what diligence is, do you see that diligence is required, that diligence is necessary for you to get the things that you're hoping for, for your hope to be realized, for you to see the end of your hope. Do you see that diligence is a necessary key ingredient, that it is necessary, that it is vital and important for us to see what we're hoping for? Do you see that? Let's read it again. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So do you see that if we're not diligent, the thing that we're hoping for won't be realized? 
it won't be experienced. It won't be fulfilled if we're not showing some diligence. You guys see that? So if we know diligence could keep us from experiencing the things that we're hoping for, do you think it's probably a good idea to find out what diligence is? What does it mean to be diligent? What is diligence? You think it'd be a good idea? Well, that's what we're going to, that's what our study is going to be about. It's going to be about being diligent because until we are diligent, our hope will be deferred. But when we are diligent, we'll see the hope be fulfilled and it will be a tree of life. But we have to be diligent before we see that. Okay. Now, I, I know just hearing, oh, be diligent, that doesn't sound exciting, like, ooh, yeah, shouting type of message. But it is when you realize that if I'm diligent, I can see the thing that I'm expecting, that I'm hoping for, that it'll be fulfilled. Okay. But before we get into what defining diligence is and what diligence is, and we're not going to finish this all today, I'm just introducing this today, but Let's look at what the opposite of diligence is. In verse 12, it says what the opposite of diligence is. It says, well, let's read it from verse 11 again. We want each of you, we need to get this inside of us. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So what is the opposite of being diligent? Lazy. And you will, we'll see this in other scriptures as well. But lazy is the opposite of being diligent. Now, you know, that's not something, being lazy is not something people typically admit, right? People, you know, you may have a day here and there where you, well, a day where you sleep slept in or whatever and you woke up late and you just you know maybe just stayed in your pajamas and uh you know maybe just binged something on tv or whatever or on your streaming app or whatever and you might say man i just was lazy today but overall people don't just say man i'm a lazy dude as as a way of life right you know just to hear people talk about you know, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm, I'm just a lazy person, man. I'm just a lazy dude. That'd be like saying, you know, I'm carnal or I'm a, I'm one of those Christians that are carnal and conform to the world. You know, <laughs> I talk like the world and I act like the culture, speak like the culture. I'm just a carnal conformed Christian. Now, people don't typically admit those type of things that, you know, I'm lazy and I'm carnal. But then who are scriptures like this written to? You know, we have to ask that. What, what is he talking about? You, when you hear that, don't be lazy. You don't want to think right away. Well, I'm not lazy. So, hey, he ain't talking to me. No, we need to examine it. We need to examine. We need to examine ourselves, not examine it for other people. But we want to examine it for ourselves. What, what is he talking about here? OK, because he's saying that if we're not lazy, that we won't inherit the promises that our hope won't be realized, that it won't be fulfilled. And so we don't just want to look at this and say, well, that, that's not talking about me. That's talking about some other people. No, let's look at it for ourselves. Do you think that laziness is a problem, though? Do you think that laziness is a problem? Yes. 
I mean, it's a problem, especially right here. We see you won't experience some things. You won't enjoy some things if you're lazy. Okay. And you don't just obtain, uh, uh, promises. Well, let's see here. Read it in verse 12 again, before we go on, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. If you're lazy, will you obtain the promises anyway? No, you obtain them. The promises through what? Faith and patience. Faith and patience. What does is, what is patience means? What the, or means? What does patient mean? Patient means to be perseverant. It means to persevere. Persevere. What is persevere? Per- persevere means to persist. If you look up that word, patience, it has to do with perseverance. It means to persist. What does that mean? Persist in doing what, uh, doing something in spite, or I should say, despite the delay, despite not seeing the success. That's what it means to persist, that you continue to do something despite of the lack of success that you're seeing at the moment, that you continue to persevere and endure you also see that word endurance in there. And when you look into these words, patience, you'll persist and you endure, you persevere despite the, the results, despite you not yet seeing the hope fulfilled. You persevere, you endure. But if we're diligent and we're persistent and we have some faith with it, we persist, we will see the hope realized. We will inherit and obtain the promises. Now, when I think about persistent, I think about, uh, I, I, I thought initially about the, um, the widow woman who went to the judge and you don't have to turn to it, but the parable of the persistent widow, and I'll read it for you. You don't just listen, but in Luke 18, Jesus is given a parable and he says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart or not quit, saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary, and he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. So what was she doing? She continued to come even after the first time she was told no. And the second time she was told no, she kept going. She kept coming. She was persistent. It's, and he says, then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, the son of man comes. When the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So do you see her, her diligence, her perseverance that she kept coming? She kept, she kept asking. She didn't quit. She kept persisting. You guys follow me? She kept persisting. She kept coming. She didn't quit. She didn't give up. She persevered. She could have quit. And, and, and gotten tired 
after the first, I don't know, maybe 10 times saying, avenge me from my adversary. And the judge said, no, no, no. She could have quit. She could have got tired. She could have gotten lazy and say, you know what? I'm not going to go anymore. I'm not going to ask anymore. I'm just, I'm going to stop and I'm going to quit. The Bible says um, in this parable that men always ought to pray and not quit or not lose heart. She could have lost heart and she would not have been diligent, not have been persistent. Okay. And in faith, we have to be diligent. We can't be lazy in our faith. We can't be lazy with the things of God. Now, when we hear the word lazy, we tend to think just like that example I gave lazy. We tend to think of, you know, a person waking up really late in the night or really late in the day, staying in their PJs and just, you know, laying around, house hasn't been cleaned for months, car hasn't been cleaned. We tend to think of that person as a lazy person, right? But, and that's definitely included in being lazy. That is lazy. But there's also some other things that lazy is that we want to get to, okay? Now, because that's not all lazy is. Now, lazy, if you look at it in, in other translations, like the King James Version, of that verse that we read where it says, don't be lazy in Hebrews 6, 11, um, you'll see other words use like sluggish. What is sluggish? What's a slug? Slug moves real slow, right? Slug is slow moving. You got to wait on them. They take forever. But I will say that that's a form of laziness, sluggish and uh, no energy, lethargic. These are some of the words that you'll see in associated with laziness, slothful. And we'll see that we're going to have, there's going to be a lot of scriptures we're going to see about being slothful. What's a sloth? Or is, am I saying it right? Sloth, 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 right? It's, uh, they, they move slow, right? They move slow. It's kind of like that sloth on the, um, what was that cartoon movie or something? That slot that was taking forever to type out the stuff. I can't remember what the well at, at the uh, in Zootopia. That's right, Zootopia. So the sloth that was slow moving. What is that? Lazy. That's a picture of laziness. Okay, I'm saying that so you can see a picture of what lazy is. Lazy is is slow moving, sluggish. Okay, inactive, lethargic. Do you, do you think that there are some areas that we all have that we could be lazy in, that we could be, that, that we are maybe slow moving in and where we haven't shown a lot of energy in it? Do you think that you have some areas and I have some areas that we have been lazy in? You know, I, I definitely, as I'm studying this, I definitely can see why the Lord wants us to to camp on diligence, why he wants us to get this inside of us, why he wants us to learn and grow in this area. You know, because there might be some areas that you have been diligent in. Uh, You know, you might be really diligent in some areas, but then in another area, you could just be lazy, lazy in that area. That doesn't mean that you're a lazy person. That just means in that area, you've been lazy. You've been sluggish. You've been a sloth. But that doesn't mean that overall I'm just a lazy person or you're just a lazy person. Okay. So when we're hearing this and we're learning about this, 
you know, remember, we all have areas that we need to be more diligent in. And, you know, as we're hearing this, we don't need to be thinking about anybody else that we know that, man, they're lazy. Yeah, that's that's I know so and so that person, man, they're lazy. I've been trying to tell them about being lazy. No, you need to think about how you have been slow moving, how you have been sluggish, how you have been lazy in an area. Okay, we want to focus on ourselves, not in other people. But we all have uh, areas that we need to be more diligent in. And until we're diligent, we, we may not obtain or we won't obtain the promises. We won't have the hope realized. Okay. You guys, you guys with me? You guys saying with me? You know, I think people have a distorted image of, uh, or message of what faith is. Um, and they use it to justify their lack of being diligent, you know, and they, cause they think that, Hey, faith is just reading the word, confessing the word, declaring the word. And that's all there is to faith. That's all that you do. And you just wait and just confessing the word and declaring the word and watch, watch what God's going to do. And things are just going to happen. Well, that's kind of an extreme. Yes, we, we confess the word of God. Yes, we have to get in the word of God and we speak the word of God, but that doesn't mean that's all you do. That's kind of like an extreme position on the grace of God. Grace is everything that God has provided for us. He's provided these things. He's made these things available to us, but faith receives it. Faith takes it. Faith lays hold of it. Faith are the hands that go and get it, go after it. And that takes some action. Faith is an action that goes after it and goes and gets it. You know, the Bible says in James that faith without works is what? Dead. So it requires some action. Yes, we have more faith in God than we do in our own abilities. And yes, we have faith in God and more faith in God than we do in ourselves. But that doesn't mean that we don't put effort in our faith, that we don't put some effort or or I should say a lot of effort into our faith. That doesn't mean that we don't put a lot of effort into what we're doing to so that we uh, are diligent so that we do see our hope fulfilled and we do see our hope realized. Okay, you know, um, Galatians uh, says, let us not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall what reap if we what faint not if we faint. What is fainting? What does that mean? Fainting means you got tired, that you did get weary, that you did give up and you quit, right? You, but the Bible says that we'll reap if we faint not, if we don't get tired, if we don't give in, okay? You know, it's, and I think some people have been dis- disillusioned with sowing and reaping in the fact that they think that it says We'll reap when we want to. No, it doesn't say we'll reap when we want to. It says we'll reap if we don't faint. We'll reap if we don't quit. We'll reap if we don't lose heart. Actually, some translations say that. If we don't lose heart, we will reap. What does that mean, lose heart? Lose heart means that your whole heart is no longer in it anymore. 
if you lose heart, that means your heart's no longer in it anymore. So if you were believing God, you know, for a few weeks and then you lose heart, are you going to still reap anyway? Anyway, are you going to still reap regardless? No, you're not. You guys follow me? See, because you it, reaping, we see, we think it is a spiritual thing, but just like in the natural reaping, you have to go out there and actually gather the crops, gather the harvest. They don't just come in on their own. But if you get tired, you look at the field and you say, oh my goodness, there, there must be 50 acres of corn out here. And you just get tired and faint. Will you reap still? No, you have a harvest out there, but you have to go and get it. And so these things are true spiritually that if you give up and you faint and you quit, you won't reap. You won't even see the harvest. Okay. And yeah, we, you know, some people think, um, you know, just make confessions, but there's more to it than that. There is getting up early, staying up late sometimes. There's sometimes you have to get after it. A lot of times you have to get after it. You have to get busy. You have to put your hand to something. And you also have to persevere when you feel like quitting. You have to push through when you've been dealing with it for a long time and you don't feel like pushing through. So there's more to it than just making confessions and thinking that what you're hoping for is going to come to pass. Okay? It's, it's going when you don't feel like going anymore. It's not quitting when you felt like quitting a year ago. Persistence. Persevering. You have to outlast the thoughts that are telling you it's not working. It's not going to happen. You have to outlast those thoughts. You have to keep persevering and you have to keep pushing. And until you're like that, you will not see what you're hoping for. We won't see that. Okay. Go to, um, well, let's go back to Hebrews chapter six, Hebrews chapter six, and you'll see this, what I'm talking about, um, We'll start in verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Let's focus now. Through whose faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So after he had what? Let's say after he, a week, he obtained the promise. After six months, after a year. No, it said after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now, patiently endured is not just patient. Again, that doesn't just mean idly sitting by like you're waiting for your food to come at the restaurant. You're just waiting. You're not, you know, you're not necessarily persevering at the at the restaurant, right? You're not enduring unless you're starving and haven't eaten in, in days, maybe, you know, but but for the most part, you're just waiting. You're waiting, you know, just waiting. Well, that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about 
when he, that he had to endure, that he had to persist. They had to persist. They had to be perseverant. Okay. And before that happened, they were not going to obtain the promises. They couldn't be sluggish. They couldn't be lazy in their faith. They couldn't be lazy in their hope. It wasn't just faith. It was faith and diligence. It was faith and perseverance, faith and persistence. Okay. And, you know, not everything, let me just say this, not everything is a Goliath. You guys know what I mean by that? Not everything is a giant, the things that we're dealing with. Not everything is a Goliath. You know, Goliath, he was coming to take something from Israel. And in their case, their freedom. He was coming to take something from them. The Goliath, the giant is coming to steal, kill, and to destroy. Okay. And not everything is a a, a giant or a Goliath that is going to be defeated in a few moments, in a few minutes. You know, David, uh, you know, for the most part, got rid of the giant fairly quick, quickly, right? I mean, I don't think the stone was traveling for years and years before it hit him. It hit him right away. And he, the giant and everything, boom, it's over. The giant's defeated. Well, the promises of God are not always like that. The, prom- the promises of God are not giants that are easily defeated right away. And so the promises of God there is some perseverance involved. There is some persistence involved. There's some endurance involved. Do you guys see that? There's a difference between the giant and the promises of God. Giants can fall quick. Mountains can be removed quickly, but sometimes the promises of God, and a lot of times the promises of God, I should say, you have to endure. You have to be persistent. You can't quit. You have to be diligent until you obtain You know, we see that with Abraham, Abraham and Sarah wouldn't be our faith examples if they gave in right away, if they got the promise right away, would they? Would they be our faith examples if they got the promise right away? If the next day they, the the Lord said, you're going to have a seed, your descendants will be great. Boom. Next day they're pregnant. Then nine, 10 months later, their baby is born. Isaac's born. Would we be like, wow, what faith giants they are. We should follow their faith. No, right? No, that's not what we would think. It was, they had to persevere. They had to be diligent because from the time that they initially, Abraham was told that his descendants would be great. It was 25 years before they had the child Isaac, before they saw that come to pass. So they had to outlast the thoughts to telling them it's not going to work. They had to outlast the the thoughts and maybe even the people that were saying, you guys are too old. You guys are past childbearing age. Look at Sarah. She's, you know, past childbearing age. You can't believe that. That's not possible. And they had to deal with that year after year. They had to deal with that. They had to outlast those thoughts. They had to endure. They had to persevere. And until they were going to see their hope come to pass, until they were going to see what they were promised come to pass. And until there's some endurance in our lives, until there's some persistence and there is some perseverance, we're not going to see the things come to pass until we're like that because it's through faith and patience. These things, diligence and patience, perseverance, they go hand in hand. They're They're connected. You see what I'm saying? You can't be lazy in your faith. 
you have to persist. You have to endure. If you get tired of dealing with it, if you get now, we all may have some some times where we're tempted. But I'm just saying overall, you just quit and throw up your hands and say, I'm done forever. I'm not believing this no more. I'm not believing the promise of God. Well, will you still obtain regardless? Will you still obtain anyway? No, it's through faith and patience, through persevering. Because anybody can believe God for one day or for two days or for, you know, a month or two. But year after year, when you, you know, it's still not happening year, you, you know, after year, you're still believing God and you still don't see it or month after month and the money's still not there. And then the money's still not there and you're still believing God and you're still endure, and then the money's still not there. And then month after month, the money's still not there. Well, you can either quit, you can get lazy in your faith or you can persevere. You can be diligent. You can persist, Right. Or when the symptoms are still there. And then next week, the symptoms are still there. And then a month from now, the symptoms are still there. And a year from now, the symptoms are still there. Are you going to persevere? Are we going to be patient and endure? And we're going to outlast the thoughts that are telling us it's not going to happen? Are we going to outlast the thoughts that are telling us, no, it's never going to happen? You've been believing this for five years. Why would it change now? Are we going to outlast those thoughts? Are we going to persist and persevere? over those thoughts and overcome those thoughts? Or are we going to throw up the towel, throw in the towel and get lazy and say, no, it's not happening. No, see, that's why Abraham and Sarah are the ones that we look to as far as our faith. That's why he is the father of faith because, and initially Sarah didn't start off believing this. She laughed. She was like, am I going to have a child Am I, am I going to have pleasure in my old age? And I'm past childbearing. She didn't believe this at first, first, but she got back and considered God faithful, the Bible says, and she believed God. So just because you may have a time where you didn't believe God or you doubted it, you can get right back in faith and you can say, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persist. I'm going to outlast the thoughts that tell me, no, this is not going to happen. I'm going to outlast the thoughts that tell me, no, you don't have a plan for your life. God, God doesn't have anything good for you. You're going to outlast that. You're going to outlast all the naysayers, all the doubters. You're going to persevere. You're going to endure. And when you are that way, what happens? You see the promise. Your hope is fulfilled. You say amen. amen. Say, I'm diligent. I'm going to persevere. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. It says Abraham and Sarah, they patiently endured. That's why I said it wasn't like they were just passively waiting. They had to be enduring something. They're people just like us, okay? Yeah, they lived in a different time and different, you know, uh, life time ago, it seems like, but they're still people that have thoughts and still had feelings. And yeah, it's impressive, Abraham's faith. It is impressive, but they still, the Bible says they had to endure. They had to persevere. They had to persist. So we need to get this. We want to know what is diligence? What is this? What I, I, I want to get this, right? Do you guys want to be diligent? Do you guys want to obtain the promise? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, 
Oh my goodness, we are, time is flying by. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who just seek him sometimes. No, those who what? Diligently seek him. Diligent. So is he rewarding those who are half-heartedly seeking him? Those who are just kind of, sort of seeking him, just seek him lazily? No, he's rewarding those who are what? Diligently seeking him. Those who are, they're, they're, they're wholeheartedly seeking him. They're not lazy and they're seeking him. They are seeking him diligently. You know, that's one thing I think about today's culture that is, we have a very lazy culture, especially in America. We have a very lazy culture where, where people don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be inconvenienced. They don't want anything taking them out of their comfort. They want to be comfortable. They just want to be lazy. They want everything at a push of a button. We have a very lazy culture. I mean, even with, the, with social media, what, what are you doing? You're scrolling, you're scrolling, looking for something to pop out, to be exciting, to grab your attention. And that culture has come into the church. That culture has come into the church where people are not, you know, uh, patient and diligently seeking something out. They're not earnestly seeking out truth. They're not earnestly seeking out God. They're not earnestly and diligently coming to church to hear the good news, people have gotten comfortable and they have gotten lazy. And, and, and that's the, especially when you think about the American church, especially after, even before COVID, but especially after COVID, people have gotten really comfortable where some people have just forsaken coming to church altogether because they've gotten comfortable. You know, they may make other excuses why they're doing it, but they've gotten comfortable. And you think about other groups like, I mean, you think about other groups like LGBTQ activists or environmental activists or political lobbyists or even other occultic religious groups. I mean, man, they are organized, they mobilize, they're passionate, they're on fire, they're zealous, they're going after it, they're trying to get their message out, they're marching, they're doing whatever they have to do. Uh, I'm talking about after COVID and before COVID. They are, they are hungry, man. They are ready. They are charged up. And that's why even some Christians that are easily deceived, they see that, they see their passion. They see on how zealous they are. And they're like, man, I want to be a part of that. They look like they're doing something. They're accomplishing something. And let me march with them. Let me get involved with that, man. Their boots on the ground, they're, they're after it. But the American church, for the most part, Man, they won't go across, you know, an hour to a meeting or they won't travel and make any inconvenience to be any, you know, to have any type of commitment. I mean, a lot of people, if you ask them to be committed to doing something, to be committed every Wednesday or every Tuesday to be here to do this, man, they're like, oh, that, that's an inconvenience for me. That's an inconvenience for me. Uh, but they're, they'll be dedicated and commit, committed to their, you know, uh, golf league or their bowling league or their fantasy football league or wh whatever you, you want to call it. They'll be committed to that. 
They'll be on fire for that and passionate for that. But when it comes to the things of God, man, people are comfortable. And that mentality has hurt the church. That mentality has hurt the church spiritually. I mean, we wonder why, you know, you see in Africa and Asia, people are uh, limbs are being put back on people's body or growing out, I should say, and blind eyes are open and people that are lame are walking and deaf ears are open. And we're like, man, why don't we see that on the scale in America that we're seeing in these other countries? Well, one of the reasons is because in those countries, those people will literally walk for hours to get to a meeting where they hear that a preacher of God is going to be there. They'll walk for hours. They'll walk in the sun. They'll walk barefooted. They'll stand outside with no chairs for hours, praising God, standing, listening to the word of God in the heat of the day. But you, you know that wouldn't happen in America. You know that wouldn't happen in our culture because we have been conditioned to be comfortable and to be lazy. And that's why I'm saying Don't think that these scriptures don't apply to us. We need to look at it like, Lord, are we being lazy? Because that's one of the things when the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this culture. You can see as I look into this, man, we can adopt some things from the world's mentality, from this American mentality that can cause us to miss out and not obtain the promises of God. Because we're so conditioned to be comfortable. We're so conditioned just to be, you know, convenient. I don't want anything inconvenient. I don't want to get up. I just want to sit here with the controller in my hand. No, you do. I don't, I don't feel like doing that. And that mentality is hurting us. It's hurting us because it's not being diligent. Man, these people in other countries, they're diligent. They're after it. They're like, man, God's a preacher about God's going to be there. Or they hear about it. Hey, there's going to be healings and miracles. Man, they'll do whatever it takes to get there. They'll be there. They'll fight the weather. They'll fight the heat. They'll stand there all day and they receive because it's those that diligently seek him, not those that stay, you know, comfortable and those that can't be inconvenienced. Jesus said those that hunger and thirst will be filled, Right. Not those that are lazy and, you know, half hearted and, you know, don't really care. Just like uh, no big deal. Don't want to be diligent. He didn't say, yeah, those people, they'll be filled, too. No, those that hunger and thirst, they'll be filled. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's begin with the few moments we have to define what is diligence. What is diligence? And we're not going to get to it all today. My plan is to, I want to be under an hour, you know, because, you know, well, one, I know that people can't, it's not everybody can listen for a long time. And I understand that I do, you know, but it shouldn't be though, that people, like I was saying, uh, we have the culture where people only can listen for a minute and 30 seconds on an Instagram reel. We should be able to be able to listen longer than that and be attentive and be diligent longer than that, right? (laughs) But but I know we are where we are in our culture. We can't completely change everything. But at the same time, let's uh, let's, you know, get to what we can today. So what is diligence? What does diligence mean? Let's define it. Now, there's more than one Hebrew and Greek word for diligence um, and diligence. So 
just to summarize it, because it's, I'm not, it doesn't make sense to just give you all these Greek words, you know, that you're never going to remember. Um, but just to summarize it, we'll go through some of the words. And one of the words is zeal. Say zeal. Not, not veal, zeal. Okay? <laughs> zeal. And that means fervor, passion, intense, and enthusiasm. Fervor, passion, intense, and enthusiasm. Should we be passionate about the things of God? Should we have some zeal about the things of God? Should we be, have some fervor and some enthusiasms and some passion about the things of God? Yeah. You know, I, I think we've wanted to feel something before we have some passion. You know, I think a lot of people have wanted, a lot of Christians have wanted to feel something. We wanted to feel some tingling inside. We wanted to feel some goosebumps pump at all, you know, popping up all over the place. We wanted to see a glory cloud. Then, then we'll get excited for the things of God. No, but that's not how it works. That's not faith. You'd be walking by feelings. See, God is a God of faith. Actually, Jesus said, that if you want to see God and you want him to be more clearly seen and you want him to be more revealed, then you have to obey his commandments. So with God, it's about obeying his commandments. And one of the commands is to what? Be diligent, not be lazy. So we can't wait till we have a tingling and I'm shaking inside. Oh man, now I'm going to be passionate about the things of God for the next week. No, we have to have a passion and a zeal now, okay? Um, you know, when you think about it, we shouldn't be a people, we're talking about thankfulness during the offering, we shouldn't be a people that has to be, you know, what's that song? What have you done for me lately? Doom, 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 doom. Ooh, we shouldn't be like that with God, right? We shouldn't be like that with God, like, God, what have you done for me lately? You know, we should be a passionate and, and excited about the things that he's already done. We shouldn't be waiting. I'll be waiting, God, for you to do something else. Then I'll get passionate. Then I'll get excited. No, we want to be passionate right now. We want to be excited right now about the things he's done. You don't have to turn here for sake of time, but Romans 12 says this. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Did you hear that? Never be lacking in zeal. The New Living Translation of that same verse says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Do you think that we shouldn't be lazy in our work for the Lord, that we should be enthusiastic for what we're doing for the God who saved us, who redeemed us, the God that we're going to be spending eternity with. Do you think that we should have some passionate as we think about this? You have to stir yourself up, right? You th do you think that we should be passionate right now about the things that I'm saying? <laughs> we should have some passion. I'm just messing you guys. But yes, we, we should never lack passion about the things of God. We should, we should never be lacking in our zeal. We have to stir ourselves up. If you feel like, uh, I'm dull, I'm being late. No, that, that means you have to stir yourself up. You have to, um, stir yourself up and remind yourself of what he's done. The God, 
God's word translation says, don't be lazy in showing your devotion. Use your energy to serve the Lord. I mean, you know, you should be using your, your, most of your energy to serve God. What I, what I mean by that is the prime of your life, especially in your youth. You wanted to serve God, not the devil. Most people are using their energy to serve the devil. Most people are using everything they got within them. They don't see it that way, but they're serving the devil. They're promoting the devil's kingdom. Oh, man, and they're passionate to do it. Like I said, these activists and all these different groups, man, they're not serving God, but they're passionate, using all their energy to promote the devil's agenda, to serve him. Man, what about us Christians? Christians shouldn't be lazy and just, oh, yeah, we're going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No, there needs to be some passion and some zeal. That's why sometimes, you know, I'm like, I get loud and we, we may be praising the Lord because there needs to be some passion about the things of God. It, that, he's telling us to be passionate. So, I, hey, I'm going to obey him. That's the way I see it. The Amplified says, never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the spirit serving the Lord serving the Lord. We should be aglow. We should be burning. Now, hmm, let me just see here for sake of time here. Um, and we got we're going to be we're going to be talking about this for the next few weeks here, but do we have some areas in our lives that we need to be diligent in? Do you guys think that you see just in us, what we're talking about in this short time, do we have some areas that we need to be diligent in, that we need to go from and stop being lazy and be diligent, be persistent and be perseverant in? Because it could mean us not obtaining the promise. It, it, will, I mean, it will mean that. It will mean that we don't see the hope fulfilled if we're lazy and not diligent. So we're going to begin to identify um, some areas and differences between diligent and lazy, okay? And so when we do this, you know, let's just focus on ourselves. Again, don't think about people you know, people you, you, you know, you live with. Just think about yourself. And we won't judge one another. We're not going to throw stones at anybody because all of us have areas that we need to be diligent in. All of us have areas that we've been lazy in, okay? But what we need to do is understand that diligence is being spiritual. Being diligent is being spiritual. Okay. That's a part of being spiritual. Diligent is not, or I'm saying, sorry, spiritual is not just reading your Bible, you know, praying with your hands clasped together and worshiping the Lord and fasting. That's not the only thing spiritual is. This is in the Bible. There's, we're going to see as we go on, I'm not just making this up. There's lots of scriptures about being diligent. That is spiritual. If it's in the Bible, it's spiritual. Okay. So, um, and, and actually the more carnal you are and the more flesh that you give into, you actually are less spiritual and you become less diligent and more lazy when you are carnal. When you are spiritual, you are diligent. You are on top of things. You, uh, and, and your standards are raised. When you are carnal and lazy and not diligent, your standards are lowered. 
You guys follow me? Your standards are lower. Things that you wouldn't have let slip in the past or let go of in the past or you would not have allowed in the past, now you're letting them go because you're not diligent. You're not on guard. And if I, if I had time, we would go and we see that with Adam and Eve, they were put in the garden to what? Keep it to, some translations say, to guard it. What happens when they weren't diligent to do that? Sin got in. Their standards were lowered. Okay? You guys see it? So when you are more fleshly, your standards are lowered. When you are carnal, your standards are lowered. You become lazy and you're not as on guard. Your standards are lower. You know, you used to have a clean house and things were organized or used to be on time and always prompt and, and early. But now standards are lowered. And now your house hasn't been cleaned for months. And your car has McDonald's wrappers all over the place. That means you're not being diligent. That's a form of lazy. That means we're being lazy in some areas and we're not being diligent. You know, when we're not, when we're late all the time, when we're habitually late and we have excuse after excuse, what does that mean? Our standards are being lower. We're, we're being lazy because if you're diligent, you're on top of it. You're on, you're, you're with it. You got things organized. See, that, that's, and that's spiritual. You see, when you get spiritual, spiritual means that you are getting closer to God, right? You are becoming more like God. We don't become close. We don't come closer to God and get more sloppy and get more lazy. Like, oh, I'm spiritual. I've been praying and, and worshiping the Lord, but I'm just always late and my house is a mess, my car is a mess, month after month, year after year. That's just, no, you're not spiritual. <laughs> because if you were spiritual, it would show up on the outside. Because when you are becoming more like God, it's going to be evident outside. Now, again, we all need to examine ourselves. I'm examining, man, I, there's some areas I need to get diligent in. There are some things that I need to get, be, uh, be uh, you know, make sure that I'm not lowering my standards that I'm not becoming carnal and fleshly in. Because that's what happens. You get off guard. You lower your standards, okay? Carnality and yielding to the flesh is, is connected to being lazy. But the more spiritual a person is, the more diligent they are, okay? Now, again, all of us have flesh, all right? All of us have flesh. All of us, if we, every single one of us, and the nature of our flesh is selfish, that's the nature of all of our flesh, my flesh, all of our flesh. That's the nature of our flesh is to be selfish. If we let our flesh do what it wanted to do, we would all still be in our PJs in the bed right now. And we'd be like, ah, oh, no, no, not getting it. <laughs> no, we kick the alarm clock with our push it with our hand. If we all were yielding to our flesh, because that's what all of our flesh wants to do. It wants to be lazy. It wants to just sit around and do nothing and just lollygag and be slow. That's all of our flesh, okay? But that's how people start yielding to sin. That's how people give in to sin, give in to temptation. How any of us could is because we got lazy and we weren't diligent. You see that? We didn't persist. We didn't, we didn't persevere, all right? So... 
<laughs> you know, I, I know some of these things you're thinking, you know, yeah, but I can clean. But, yeah, it's going to get dirty again. And, yeah, you know, I, how often do I got to do this stuff? Well, yes, I know things are going to get messy again. And sometimes there's exceptions for stuff once in a great while. But when things, that's just your way of life, that's not okay when that's our way of life. I mean, we represent the Lord. We're ambassadors of God. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God, and we represent him. And it's not just about us. It's about who we represent. You know, I think about this with you know, let's just say you saw a person, their yard, their property was overgrown with five foot tall weeds, you know, leaves fall. There's got dead trees in their yard in the front or whatever. And you can just see that nothing is, is, is taking care of weeds all over the place. And it's like that month after month after month after month after month. Well, does that represent God? Well, is that diligent? No, no, I know there are exceptions, you know, but I'm not, I don't always want to focus on the exceptions. We all know there's exceptions, right? What I mean by exceptions is somebody could have got sick and ill and something could have happened where they're not able to do that. OK, I get that. But when that is just your way of life, when you're perfectly healthy and everything is fine and you are just uh, you come home from work and on the weekends, I'm just laying in the bed and don't do nothing. That's not diligent and that's not spiritual. And that's how not to obtain the promises of God. But we are on our mission and on our way to becoming diligent. Amen. Amen. We're going to be diligent. It says in Hebrews, let's, let's remind ourselves of what, it, what happens when we're diligent. Okay. Let's remember the name of the series is Hope Fulfilled. Because I know this doesn't sound exciting, the things we're talking about right now. But we're going to have hopes fulfilled, hopes realized. Hebrews 6.11 says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. See, why does he want us to be diligent? So that what we hope for, we experience. This is a good thing. And we have to look at it like, man, this is good. If I, if I learn to be diligent, if I learn how to persevere and be persistent, I'll get the thing that I'm believing for. Yes, yeah, it may take some time. Yeah, I have to endure. I'll have to persist. I'll have to outlast some things. But if I'm diligent at it, I'm going to see it. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Amen. So we're finding out about diligence and we're going to stay with it. We're going to be diligent to find out about diligence and we're going to get it. And it's going to become a part of us. And we're going to see ourselves grow and mature. And we're, we're going to be ready for the next thing. Why would God, because I was thinking about talking about something else. If you remember, um, right, I was telling you that we're going to talk about a different subject. But then earlier in the week, this started coming to me. And I had to pray about like, okay, wait a minute. I thought I was going to be talking about this. And the Lord started dealing with me about this, about diligence. Actually, he's been talking to me about this for a while. And so I finally see, okay, we're supposed to talk about this right now. I thought we were going to talk about something else, but why would he want to talk to us about this? Because I believe he wants us to go to the next level. He wants us to have more response. He wants to be able to give us and bless us with more responsibility and greater impact. But he can't do that if we're not diligent. He can't do that if we're not ready for it. Right. That wouldn't be a good father. But we're going to get diligent and we're going to see some hopes be realized. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray this, if you mean it. Thank you, Father. Let's say this. Father God, I ask you to reveal to me personally the areas in my life that I have been slack, that I've been lazy, that I have not been as diligent that I should be. Help me to see it. Help me to realize it in the days and weeks ahead. And show me what to do so that I am diligent. Thank you, Lord. I know that you love me. And I know that you want what's best for me. And I know that you will enable me. Once I see this, you'll enable me to be diligent, to persevere, to endure, to get after it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You're faithful. You're good. You're merciful. You're kind. And forgive me, Father, for not being diligent, for being lazy. And I thank you, Lord, that you forgive me and you're, you have my best interests in, in mind because you're good. You're a good father. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we thank you for your word, Father, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you today. For more information on our ministry or to donate, visit onewayministries.net.